Hello, and welcome to Bartel Radio. I'm Cass Enright, founder of Bartel.com. We're here today with Phil DeFonso, the president and brewmaster of the King Brewery in Nobleton, Ontario. We are doing a uh, live interview tonight. We're enjoying a glass of King Pilsner and having a chat about beer. Welcome, Phil. Thanks, Cass. I thought we'd just start off by um, talking about how King Brewery got started, so how you got into the business and, and how the brewery got going. Okay. Um, 25 years ago when I was an auto mechanic, I had a buddy that was German and his dad would visit Germany from time to time and bring back a pile of beer for us to try. Really interested in it, but you couldn't get it in the LCBO at the time, it was 25 years ago, and I began to homebrew. The brewery opened July 1st, 2001. Okay, and you started out with um, just the Pilsner? At that time we just had the King Pilsner. And when did the Dark come on board? Dark came on board about, uh, I would say about 12 months later. Okay. So, you're right now exclusively a lager brewery. Yes. So what's, um, what's, what's different about a lager brewery than some of the other micros out there that, that do ales or do maybe both? The, it, in all, the process is much longer. The lager is a certain type of beer. Um, Profile-wise and taste, lagers tend to be cleaner and crisper because of the lack of fruit flavor that ales have. And it all happens because of the yeast species. The lager yeast is totally different than the ale yeast. The ale yeast um, produces some attributes that are not unlike wine, and they both ferment at room temperature. But the lager yeast is a very different yeast. It ferments at cold temperatures, and when fermenting at cold temperatures, you don't produce as much of those esters, and therefore the lack of esters create the lager. Mm-hmm. Have you been uh, happy with how the, the Pilsner and the lager have turned out over the years? Yeah, really, really happy. Our, our goal is to, is to try to produce um, a stylistically correct uh, Czech-style Pilsner, and a German-style dark, dark lager. The German dark lager is known as Dunkel, which in German means dark. Great. I know that uh, maybe it was about a year or so ago you launched a seasonal. Yes. Called the Pilsbach. You sure um, did. <laughs> why don't you tell me about that and how that came about? That's my fun beer. That's my pet beer. That's, that's the one that uh, uh, people can drink and, and uh, gab about and just say, what is he trying to do? Uh, what I did was... Um, it, it being kind of serious about my other two beers, the, the dark lager and the pilsner, um, from the ingredients to the process to exactly trying to make them taste like they come from origin, I tried to, I wanted to do a Bach. That would be the next thing. And that would be my seasonal, uh, somewhere in around 6.5%. Well, the concept that I came up with to have a little bit more fun with it was, was to produce a, a non-traditional Bach. And uh, the Bach that I created was is I took my recipe and, and took it o- o- and up and over to a Bach style. So you've got some of the um, sweetness of a Bach beer. You certainly have got the alcohol, um, but you've got the crispness of a Pilsner. Mm-hmm. And I named it Pilsbach. And um, 
it, it's just a totally fun beer. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to create a Bach style. So to actually sit down and, and drink it as a Bach, you you really shouldn't do that. And to drink it as a Pilsner with higher alcohol, maybe an Imperial Pilsner, you shouldn't do that either. What you should do is just say, oh, it's got a little bit of the Pilsner going on. It's got a little bit of Bach going on. Um, I kind of get what he's saying, and do I like it? That's mm -hmm. all you got to say. You know, do I like it? Well, I think uh, I know. I'm a I'm a big uh, advocate of trying new things and having fun with brewing. Um, and I, you know, you can argue we we only see it from time to time in Ontario. So it's nice to have uh, have have a fun beer come out of uh, King alongside your uh, your normal your regular pair. Absolutely. There's there's so many more fun beers that I want to do. Of course, you know, we're running a business and uh, we've got to uh, keep on an upward path of growth and that means taking care of our flagship brands. But because of guys like Ralph down at Volo and uh, uh, Dana down at the Beer Bistro and uh, George over at Say What and Smokeless, uh, we get the opportunity to do some one-offs, you might say. And, and uh, we look, as brewers, we look at it... Um, you know, this is our fun, this is our chance. Sometimes it's difficult to get around to it because, it, you know, you're really getting your, your brewery up to speed and you're trying to keep it up to speed. But, uh, oh, I want to do a lot more yet. Mm -hmm. Well, hopefully we'll see some interesting things in the future. So, speaking about the business, so um, how is that going? Like, how has it been in the market? How has it been working with the LCBO, the beer store, the, the restaurants and the pubs uh, as a well, brewery owner? I would, the very first thing I would say about our business, and um, you might have detected it with uh, Ken in, in his uh, interview, is, is that you, you really, you know, a, a lot of people out there would like to be a brewer or to be in the brewing industry, but there's only one fuel for it, and that's passion. It's the only reason that you're going to do it. Um, Business-wise, if you want to become rich, you should, you should probably look at some other businesses. Um, but you know, once you get get your speed up and you, and you're you're going, um, it, you can make an income from it. You can make a living from it. And um, but more than that, it's it better be about fun. It better be about the pride of of making your beer, thinking it's delicious, wanting more and more people to try it, getting out there in the community and telling them about what you're doing. And um, on the distribution side of it is a very, very tough business. Um, there are not, uh, I just named three pubs that are very willing to, to take craft beers, but most pubs uh, uh, which are corporately run and um, chain type restaurants, I've, you know, I've done some work with some of them and they show some genuine interest towards it, but the powers to be will not take the beer and that's all there is to it. Mm -hmm. So you're struck down there on the keg side of it, over on the bottle distribution side, because it's really, you know, I just, we would love to be, as craft brewers, just to do keg beer, but we can't. We need people to take our beer home and, and try it in their home where they're comfortable and where they can relate to the beer, because the, the beer experience in a glass is not easily determined. It, it should be as easy as you drink it, and either you like it or you don't, and you go on with another or you don't. But sometimes... Um, um, in craft beer, it takes some time to, to mellow down to the drink, understand the statement in it, and say, yeah, you know what, I do like it, or I prefer this other one. Uh, so the bottle distribution is, is, is difficult. 
Uh, there's only two distributors in Ontario. There's the LCBO and the beer store. And they have rules. And you have to abide by the rules. And there is a lot of beers out there that want to be in those distribution channels. So they're, it's not so easy to always get in. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned the, uh, the community. Um, you're up in Nobleton. How is the, uh, the local area, the local communities um, taken to, uh, to the brewery? Well, I, I think it, as you go across the 401, and including Toronto and, and out east of Toronto and, and west of Toronto, directly off of the 401, and, and I mean the core of Toronto, you, you have people that are willing to try craft beers uh, for the exact same reason they, they might try an artisanal cheese or, or, or wine or good spirit, you know, good scotch. Uh, but as you go um, to rural countryside, and we are kind of rural countryside here, uh, they're, they're less willing to try these products because as Canadians and Ontario people, we're, we're very um, commercially minded in, in the beer market right now. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a bit more difficult. Uh, definitely up in this neck of the woods, there are people that appreciate finer drinks and finer foods, and, and they are coming in and, and uh, buying the beer on a regular basis. Great. You're uh, a member of the OCB, yes. the Ontario Craft Brewers. Um, how's, that, uh, how's that been for you? I, I have a good experience with this because when I was a pup and just starting the brewery, and I was proud of my Czech style Pilsner, and I didn't know anybody in the community other than Ken and a few other of the craft brewer guys, because um, I was a home brewer that grew up to this mm -hmm. industry, you know? And uh, it was a very dedicated home brewery. Not, not, it shouldn't be looked at it casually. I, you know, over, I brewed the Pilsner over 150 times with different malts from around the world and different water so, uh, softness or hardness and all, all kinds of yeast species. Hmm. But here I am, I'm open at King Brewery, and in the front door walks in uh, Howard Thompson. And he was the CEO of Creamore at the time. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm doing a little bit of a sidestep there. Whoa, what's this guy doing here? And uh, he introduced himself, and he was a very nice chap, and he just said, I want to welcome you to the beer community. I really like your beer, and I'm here to buy a six-pack. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. Um, also, at the time, um, the, fe uh, the fellow that used to own KLB, I, I can't remember his name now. Andrew? He Andrew, yes, thank you. He called and welcomed me to the community. So these were great things to happen. Now, when Howard came in, back to the OCB, Ontario Craft Brewers, he, he came in, he said, Phil, we're starting a, a small brewers association. Would you be interested? And I said, absolutely. And I said, what's the dues? And he told me the numbers, and I wrote the check right on the spot. I was so enthusiastic about just about the idea that, because I, I was a shell dealer, and we had our own association, mm -hmm. and we worked together, and I was a good auto mechanic, and we shared our knowledge. We, did, we didn't hide it. We, you know... That, sure, that guy down the street was my competitor, but if he fixed the car well, or if that other guy makes a really good beer, it's good for all of us. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great analogy because, you know, you look at the craft beer industry, you know, the success will be by everybody pushing the market forward and everybody succeeding, not by one or two um, winning over the rest of the group. Yeah. I think that's really well said, Cass. And I think the way that we can look at it, and it's such an easy way, is the, the Ontario wineries went through everything that the Ontario small brewers are going through, the, the, the OCB brand. And um, 
we just got to stick together and, and you know we got to keep saying it clearly our statement and that is that we make Ontario beer and it's different give us a try mm-hmm. sounds good looking at, at this summer this year what's um, what's in store for King well you know good things are happening it's uh, first three years were miserable we got men were shelling out money like to stay alive and you know, now we've got decent cash flows and, and we're working. So it's about getting more beer stores, getting more liquor stores, getting more keg accounts, um, trying to clear up um, some of the initial uh, thoughts about who King Brewery was. When we first came out, everybody thought we were this huge, big brewery, and um, we're not. You know, we're, we are a family-run brewery. My daughter, Christina, um, who's getting married this August, is uh, very close to me, and she runs the public relations part of the company. Mm-hmm. My buddy, Mike, who lives in town here, who comes from the water quality industry, is my assistant brewer and an excellent brewer now. And uh, we employ local people and retired people. That's really cool. You know, I got this airline uh, pilot that's retired and he's working for us in the back. And nice. So it's fun. You know, what I'm trying to say is we're having some fun now. So it's about staying on the fun path. And uh, as far as our beers go, we're trying to make our beer, like I'm very proud of my beers. I, I can drink lots of them, which means to me that they're good quality beers. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm on a trek, and that is to continually keep making my King Pilsner and King Dark Lager better, and to uh, come up with those uh, other brands. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, before Christmas, we have that other one out. Nice. Um, so you're up, uh, as I mentioned, in Nobleton, fifty-six forty-five King Road. Yes. Um, you've got a retail store here. Yes. Um, do you um, do you offer tours to people that yeah. um, are interested? Yeah, we're a casual tour. You know, you shouldn't be. Excuse me, your listeners shouldn't be afraid to just show up Monday through Saturday. Just browse the shop. There's a viewing window. And if I'm here and Mike's here, you know, we're going to take a little time and show somebody around. Definitely, if, it, if it's, you know, you're gathering some people up, 10 or more, uh, give us a call ahead of time and, and we'll make sure that we can help you out. Great. I, I'm really happy that, that, you, that you went into the box style because I often reference my university days on the on the program and uh, one of the beers that I always anticipated was the old Upper Canada True Bock yeah. which was a fine Bock uh, at least by my tastes it was for me too and uh, it'd be nice to uh, nice to see another good Bock out in the marketplace <laughs> uh, perfect at uh, you know in the winter or uh, the late winter time frame because that was a good one and it was uh, sorely missed yeah well we're, we're gonna you know we will do a brown bock that will be traditional and I'm letting the cat out of the bag here but uh, it's hard when you're a brewer not to mm-hmm. I suppose my brother partner in business later will kind of scorn me for doing this but <laughs> we're going to be doing an amber bock and a, and a black bock but all these bocks like um, other than the brown box which will, will be a tr- traditional they're going to be off the wall as well mm-hmm. you know they're going to be named after some other beer and you know, it's an awful term, hybrid, but they are kind of hybrids. That's what mm-hmm. they are. Cool. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a great scoop, and I'm sure everybody who's listening will be keenly anticipating <laughs> trying out the new beers. Will listeners out there be able to try you guys at the festivals this summer? Uh, we have a, a really difficult problem as a uh, small lager brewer. A lager brewer really has, to, they lay down their beer, and we lay our beer down 
uh, the total cycle is 40 days. So we're only producing so much. Mm-hmm. So as to not upset Beer Bistro and Volo and uh, the Bow and Arrow and whoever the beer is with, we've got lots of accounts up here as well. And our, when we start with the liquor store, we say we try to stay on path and not short them on, on um, their delivery, their bottles. Uh, that means that uh, our beer is already spoken for. You know, we have 20% growth every year for the last six years, which is good because it, it grew from nothing. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not outstanding figures, but mm-hmm. it's something. It's growth. It's growth. And, uh, but we're really, really careful. And, uh, yeah, we wanted to be at the Toronto Beer Festival. Um, it's not going to happen again this year. We're crossing our fingers and hoping for uh, next year. Mm-hmm. But I think you will be on tap at the Golden Tap Awards. Yes, absolutely. Coming up on August 18th, which will be uh, Thanks, a fun Cass. Time. Yeah, absolutely. We always participate in that. It's, uh, it's a blast. Great. Well, on that note, um, Phil, thanks for taking the time to chat. And um, it was really enjoyable uh, learning a bit more about King. Thanks, Cass. Thank you.